Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. I'm your host, uh, Lazero, also sometimes known as Robert. And I'm joined by Matt. How's it going, Matt? Hey, Robert. It's great to be back. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, yeah, I guess it's been a little bit, a little bit of time since you've been on the show, but I think that's great. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we, I kind of decided there was the new co-op feature that was, uh, in Age of Empires, the beta, beta feature. And we'll talk about it a little bit. That will kind of be the main focus of our show today. Uh, so I thought I'd get you in, talk a little bit about that. Uh, but before we do, before we get into things, uh, a couple announcements, um, the first of which is. Uh, we have crowned in our Discord the uh, Dark Lord, uh, so our, our lowest ELO bracket. Uh, the, the 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 person who wins that gets to be named the 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 Dark Lord. So VT stuff in our Discord uh, managed to beat me and and to claim that title. Um, and so right now we have a feudal lord and we have a Dark Lord. Uh, maybe maybe we'll have to like a, I don't know Castle King or king of the castle or something like that maybe that'll be a future tournament um but the way i'm kind of looking at the tournaments now is maybe what we'll do is we'll do a once a month kind of show match series where those who have received the title have to defend it against uh, newcomers that's perhaps some idea that we have in the works so keep that in mind and uh yeah and if you want more information or want to kind of join these tournaments uh you can join our discord which um i'll include a link in the show below uh, and hopefully uh, we had some some kind of team matches starting to get going, so things are very, very, I mean, very, very slowly starting to roll there, but uh, it's good that they're starting to move, starting to create those kind of uh, connections, and that's always fun, having some people to play with. Um, apart from that, no real new things uh, on our side, except for, yeah, we're just going to do a show today. So, Matt, um, we, you and I, yesterday, we... Uh, had a playthrough through one of the co-op campaigns that they've uh, kind of had in beta and they gave you five options. Um, my first question to you is how do you think they chose maybe the the, the came up campaign options to start with? Um, and yeah, let's start with that. Do you, do you think they chose randomly or did they choose the maps they thought maybe was the easiest to implement a co-op campaign in? Sure. I think, uh, well, maybe first I'll start, start by saying, go check out, uh, Robert's stream. If you haven't already, we, we played that, uh, we played that yes, co-op campaign yes. last night. I, I definitely, I definitely got out of streamer mode and like into just chilling mode at some point, which I'll, I'll talk about more later, but I actually found it very peaceful. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually <laughs> forgot. I forgot you were streaming and I, I was just kind of, yeah, just chilling being myself. Well, no, which is fine, which is fine. I think, like, here's the reality, right? If, if I'm doing, like, serious streamer mode, then I'm talking about everything I'm doing. And especially when you're playing ranked matches, it makes a lot more sense. Um, but when you're playing co-op campaign missions, you're kind of, like, relaxed. I don't know. I feel like I'm definitely playing a lot slower. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yes, you can check out that. Yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think co-op campaign is a very sort of chill game mode. Uh, if, if you want to unwind... Um, you know play with a buddy uh play a campaign mission where things aren't standard uh where you have restrictions and you're you're put into situations that you don't that you don't see in regular match play games or at least not often uh if you're looking for for something kind of more relaxed i think i think that's what uh co-op campaigns do very well um to your question i think i've been thinking about this actually how did they choose those missions um 
I've done uh, I've done all those missions. I've I've done I've done every every mission actually. Completed all the campaigns. So we don't have to go over every one, but there's five that they chose for kind of this this beta test, this uh, test of the co-op campaign. So they chose five of them, and you can. I mean, if you go into game, you can you can see what they are immediately. Um, but yeah, is there is there any commonality maybe between them? Or? Yeah, so they are all uh, battles of the conquerors or historical battles. They're called now. Um, and I've been thinking about this. I think they chose them um, in a way that first makes it easy to implement, mm. um, because uh, typically, in in if you play those missions in single player. Um, you start with, for example, a walled city. Um, you start so wait, with- all these, sorry, I, before, before, you, before you continue, I just want to double check this. So all of these are, it's like this set of historical battles that even before they did co-op campaigns, so even before they did co-op campaign, they just kind of chose them randomly. I'm just looking through this. It's like, it's like they, uh, it's 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 linked to the Afri- uh, Africa campaign page in DE in D- Definitive Edition, yeah. And they've just chosen these random like historical battles that are unrelated to each other, and so out of those they chose five. Anyway, I just want to get, get that clear. Continue. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> these are campaign missions that aren't. They're like scenarios that aren't linked together. Um, it's just like a one-off historical battle that that you play through. So, um, yeah, I think uh, so, so. The the first way they picked it is. Uh, is, is because you start in a walled city, for example, or in a very specific starting location, that sort of makes it easier because, um, you know, one player just starts with that same city and then all you have to do is sort of build a base for the other human player. Um, but otherwise, the scenario is the same. So uh, in, in the example, uh, in our example, the game we played yesterday, uh, you were player one, and you started within the city of Tours in the north of the map, in in a walled city with with towers and and all the buildings you need and three town centers. And uh, I was player two. I started in the uh, south, uh, or I guess in the in the very east of the map. Um, and I started with uh, an army of knights and throwing axemen, uh, and I had a small base. So the army of knights and throwing axemen that's there in the single player campaign. Uh, and it starts mm-hmm. right, right where it started uh, in in the scenario. Just they added the base for me. So, so essentially, if I were to play this campaign by myself, I would have had that army just being there to help defend, but I wouldn't have that second base. Exactly, really exactly. That army yeah. starts down there, and the army has to travel to to Tour. And uh, I guess I, I encountered a lot of resistance between uh, between my base and your base. And I don't remember that from the from the campaign. There, mm. there were towers and a whole bunch of knights and light cavalry that were blocking my path. So I had to fight through those before I could get to your city. So I don't remember that from the campaign. So that might be new. Um, so, so maybe, yeah, maybe they're trying to make it, since you kind of have the base to balance it out a little bit, you couldn't connect and help me out. Because essentially it was like help. I'm, I'm, situ- I'm putting in like a base that can, that has a lot of village. I mean, you can kind of build up nicely, but you don't really have an army early. Yeah. Um, so the goal is for you to get to me as quickly as possible. So I guess I guess that kind of adds to the uh, to the mission. Yeah, and and the the goal of the campaign is to um, is to defend the three town centers within the city, um, 
and uh, and you have to get some trade carts, and, and those are found deep in in the enemy city in the south of the map. Um, so yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, I would say the, the the starting position is probably the the most important, and also I think they chose campaign mission or battles scenarios that um, that are. I guess easy to adapt for, for a two-player mm. uh, a two-player experience. So, for example, there are many missions in in the various uh, campaigns in Age of Empires two, where, for example, you start with an army and you have no economy and you have to like travel to the other side of the map or whatever, and you have to like defeat enemies along the way and you have to find your way across rivers and and things like this. So, so those kinds of missions aren't very well suited to two-player. I mean, maybe they are, but but maybe that's a little more challenging. I don't know. So it seems they chose missions where you really have, like one player has a, a base and it's it's very set in stone and there aren't many modifications that need to be done. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Uh, and I think from like a beta perspective, because I mean, I, I think there's a reason they put beta. They just want to try it out, make sure that they work out. I'm sure the mechanics of it, right? Making sure everything loads in properly, all those little stuff is what um, does 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 completing the mission make sense? Because one thing that always happens if you sometimes if you add an extra player, it becomes either way too easy or you compensate too much and becomes too hard. So I'm sure it's just for them to work out little things. Yeah. And I think they're, they're looking, they're probably looking for feedback from, from the community as well. If this is successful, then they'll continue and they'll implement more missions, I imagine. And if it's something that people don't, aren't really interested in, then, then they might stop. I don't know. I think this is a great way to, get a lot of people that might not usually play campaign to play it like with a friend that plays the game as well um so for me personally i think having all the missions like still linked up like a normal campaign would help because there's kind of a person you're following a historical figure you're following mm-hmm. i think that would definitely help as opposed i mean and i actually enjoy this as a solo like one-off mission i just find that the appeal like for me would be is I can find myself, you know, playing a bunch of these campaigns together with someone else. There's more likelihood one, I'd finish the campaign, but two, I think I'd have a lot more fun because uh, you can kind of like talk to each other and chill. And yeah, I agree. I, and I hope uh, I, I thought it was fun, um, but yeah, like like you, I like the uh, the progression uh, campaigns that have a progression that are multiple missions back to back. I think that would be really cool to see in multiplayer. I'd be down for that. And like I, I'd even see like say like the first you know Wallace campaign, uh, is it William Wallace? Yeah, the 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 beginner campaign, the the tutorial. Yeah, I kind of feel like it'd be nice, especially if you're trying to get someone into, if that campaign could all be made into a co-op where the first player is doing like the heavy lifting and the second player just has like is given like armies to run around with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because like maybe you can just have let. Like essentially the person you're trying to get into the game, let them be like the second player and they just like run around with some army <laughs> and try to help you. Um, auto spawn units or something, you know? Yeah. Like I, I think there there could be nice ways to kind of implement in a way that uh, new players, you can be like, hey, hop in, don't worry, you don't have to learn how to macro at all, just move around th- with this army. Uh, I think that might be a lot of fun. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think some of the early missions, like the first mission, you're just like controlling like one unit at a time and you're just like moving 
and exploring the map and like moving from one flag to the next. Um, mm -hmm. So like aside from that mission, the other missions f do focus on things like economy and uh, and and um, yeah, like building up and building up your army and and controlling your army. So I think, uh, I, mm -hmm. minus, barring the first mission, minus the first mission, I think the rest of the campaign would be a really cool, uh, a really cool two-player experience as well. Yeah, and I think like if they were to make them more like traveling missions, right? Um, not just, I mean, there's there's a couple scenarios you could do. Like I, I would like, it, I mean, this could all, also already be one of the historical campaigns, but like a survive mission could be kind of fun. Uh, when you're both just scrambling to keep like some city from getting destroyed or yeah. the castles from getting destroyed. Um, yeah, I, I, in general, for me, I thought it was a lot better than, than what, like the age of empires campaigns for me have been enjoyable, but I'll usually like trail off if that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that it doesn't have a connected story. So kind of when you complete one campaign, I don't always have the urge to complete the next campaign. Um, and I think that might just be like, I'm not really a campaign player at the, these days. Right. Like, I think, I think that might be just like a switch my own mentality when it comes to games like this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I find the co-op mission is definitely a way that I would more likely play through a lot of those campaign missions. If I could just, just play them with a friend, um, because we could do it. It could be a lot more chill than playing ranked it, and we could talk while we do it. Right. I, th I think, you know, socialize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I, you know, they're, uh, the developers are, are putting out a lot of content, uh, the, the co-op campaign beta, there's a new expansion coming out in August. And so there, you know, the more options there are for, for players, the better, like I've always been a campaign, uh, player. Um, when I first got the game in like the early two thousands, that's pretty much all I, all I ever played was campaign. Um, and, uh, it sort of depends on the campaign. Uh, some I'm really sort mm. of invested in and I, I really enjoy the story and others not so much. Um, I mean, which makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. But it's also s nice to see some, some campaigns are, are slightly sort of related to others. Like just as an example, the, uh, Lords of the West, or I think, or Dukes mm -hmm. of the West, I think Lords of the West. This is the newest, one of the newest. Yeah, yeah. Yes. With, uh, with the Sicilians and the Burgundians. Uh, it introduced uh, three new campaigns. And uh, the English campaign, the British campaign, is, uh, is sort of, I guess, the opposite side of the William Wallace learning campaign. The first campaign that you play. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah, so you're actually like fighting against William Wallace. And uh, I sort of, I, I like to see that. And the and the Burgundian one, uh, you're, you're, it's dur set during the Hundred Years' War, and Joan of Arc shows up. Uh, but there's a whole Joan of Arc campaign where you're playing as the the Franks. So it, it almost complements, like from what you're telling me, it almost complements like the first three campaigns in the game, or the first two at least. Yeah, yeah. I find uh, like I, I like sort of it, it paints a more complete picture of of that story. It's like the story from a different perspective, and I think that's interesting. It'd be wild if you could actually take those and combine them. Like, I don't think it'd take that much effort, but literally just have like a, um, a campaign where 
you play both sides like you go from one to the other as you go through it i think that'd be pretty cool if they just they took that william wallace campaign and the lords of the west campaign and just like do this mission then do this mission like uh according to the historical time of it yeah uh and then and then you can kind of work your way through as to what's the final story at the end you know i i actually really like that a lot um if they could if they could combine it like that yeah but um was there yeah so maybe we can continue on with co-op specifically um was there anything that you found lacking i know you played from the second player's perspective did you feel like your experience might have been way different than mine um yeah what do you feel about that aspect of the co-op campaign um well it was certainly new uh because (laughs) because you know obviously when you play that mission single player you don't have a base in the east of the map you just have the city that you start in um, so it was it was new. I didn't know where things were. I had to do some exploring for, to find resources, for example. Um, so that was that was fun. Um, I know that mission fairly well because uh, I've been I you know I've I've played it and replayed it uh, several times. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I like to to. I guess it was nice to do the same mission, but sort of from a different perspective and and kind of come at it in a different way, in a way that's new mm-hmm. and that I'm not familiar with. So I liked that. Um, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the fact that you, at least in this mission, you and I were were sort of forced to work together. Oh, hundred percent. I just kept yelling at him to to see. Yeah, <laughs> that was, because that was kind of the way where it went. Yeah, because uh, Robert was getting uh, was getting rushed down with uh, camels and light cavalry and rams and mamelukes. Um, so I had to get my knights in there to to do some fighting. And my my army was actually wiped out to a man on like two or three different occasions. So you know, it was uh, it was challenging. They they got through the wall and they killed some villagers. So it wasn't like it was a breeze. Um, I'm glad we played hard, though. I think uh, moderate would. Yeah, been too yeah. Easy. I think if we played moderate, it would have been way too easy. Yeah, because it on hard there was a tipping point where like, oh, maybe we'll lose the mission. But I think on moderate, that tipping point would have existed. Like, I think on moderate, at least at least on our skill levels, I think I might have been able to hold most of. <laughs> or when your army appeared, you might we might have just been able to hold everything. Yeah, I think I think that's probably true. One thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, one thing I, I will add though. Um, so, so that's what I liked about the the campaign. Um, what I f- found sort of lacking um, is that yes, usually. Criticized. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this, and and I want to talk about this. Um, at the at the start of every scenario, every campaign scenario, there's like uh, some text, and there's a, a oh, narration, yes. and mm-hmm. some like images. Um, and then when you first launch into the game there's like a pop-up with your objectives and three different tabs where you read sort of what the mission is about and what you have to do and some some tips on how to approach the mission that's the the scouting tab um and uh we didn't have that uh in in the co-op mission it just sort of you just sort of hit ready and we loaded into the game and that was it i found myself like and it makes at it- my base kind of feel more like a skirmish doesn't it <laughs> yeah it felt less like a campaign in that sense um I, I think i think even even um i don't know how much like they read out the the text or even had the text but i think get 
making getting it to a point where both players maybe even see like an intro to what you're where you are you know what i mean maybe a little like one minute historical background as to what's what you're about to be thrust into um i think makes it feel more like a campaign uh than than the way they approached it and i think i think that's a great point right like part of me feels maybe it's because of the fact that it's a beta test they're just trying to get the co-op part of it working right like that's that's what i'm assuming but if co-op just becomes you know 20 random missions that you don't really have an association with then i don't think then then i think i think it's cool but i don't know if it's unique enough for it to be kind of a separate idea if that makes sense yeah yeah and i I totally agree i find like you said it felt more like a skirmish where you have some preset starting locations than an actual campaign game um i just need more story beats honestly i just need like things to happen as you're playing the game like i need things that aren't already on the map to appear on the map i need random pop-ups of like oh this is happening now so go deal with this right uh i need a little intro you know uh, and maybe when you start to win, you know, it, it like it has to feel a little more like a story and a little less like a standard game. And I think, yeah, um, my my I guess my optimism is the fact that this is literally them just testing the co-op feature, which is great. But even the way you set up, you kind of like set up a lobby and stuff like it, it very much feels like you're just going into a custom, you know, 2v2 uh, against the eye a little bit. Um, so I think I think that part of it, you know. When, when they get very comfortable with it, they can establish it. And I think it should have a very clear story uh, to make it feel like a campaign and not just like, oh, I'm choosing random mission A. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, like you said, this is just a beta and I hope that they implement that sort of thing, make it feel more like a campaign. On that note, though, um, I think the mission we picked was... Mm. It also had to do with it. So I haven't done the other missions uh, in co-op mode. But this one, Tool, is really just like... It, it is what it is. Like, it's the mission is the same. It's the most standard. So you're saying we chose the wrong mission. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that other missions might not be like this. So... um, This is our first take. This is our first take exactly, for trying it Exactly. Once. So... Uh, what's the other one? The the second one is Hastings. Basically, you start in Normandy in the north of France, and you have to sail to England and and uh, destroy a castle. I think you have to defeat the the Britons. Um, so that's in single player, and there's a there's a Viking base. Uh, there's some some uh, some Vikings uh like in the north of the map where if you send transport ships to them. Uh, they actually, the berserks become yours and you can load them onto the ship. So th- there are things like this that sort of make it feel more like a campaign where you're going to pick up some allies, like with transport ships. Or as another example, um, in the uh, the, the Baphius, uh, the, the fifth battle there, the, the one with the Turks. Mm-hmm. I played that one not long ago. Uh, there's actually, there are like three cities. You're, you're surrounded, right? There are three cities and you can pick one of them to ally with for example and each one of them has like their own strengths and weaknesses uh and you have to make a decision which one you want to you want to ally with and you have like a a timer so these kinds of decisions are what make the game 
feel more like a campaign. And the mission we played didn't have that. So all this criticism <laughs> is uh, is for a mission that is sort of like that to begin with. So maybe, maybe it was their test mission and then they got more and more complicated. They just wanted to get one in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, the, it was their warm-up one. They <laughs> Yeah, they so broke. I think if we had picked a different mission, um, that may have... Uh, that may have been different and our experience may have been different on that front. I think that's totally fair. So um, I guess my suggestion to you, if anyone is listening, uh, maybe try out some of the other missions, give us some feedback as to, do they play differently? Did you enjoy it? Um, but yeah, I think, I think overall, I, I like the idea of co-op campaign. I find, um, especially for people who don't usually play co-op, it helps them. And it, it was just very chill, very relaxing. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, apart from that, I think this might be where we'll end our kind of uh, first take on co-op campaigns. I'm sure we'll revisit this because uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe, especially as we get into closer to AOE 4 release, I think there'll be co-op missions in there. That's my, that's my sneaking suspicion. I might be wrong, though. I might be completely wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of take it. Uh, we have one more kind of topic we want to take today, and that's kind of team matches team rank matches my question to you matt is when you play ranked matches do you prefer playing 1v1 or do you prefer playing kind of team versus team um i'm not a big 1v1 kind of guy uh i, I play the campaigns which are single player obviously um i really enjoy the campaigns i'm a campaign guy but when it comes to actually you know facing other players online um i much prefer uh doing that with friends specifically with friends not even not not even like random people from mm-hmm. from the lobby like you're you're someone who you'd rather you'd probably rather play 1v1 ranked than 2v2 with the random i'm guessing yes <laughs> definitely <laughs> <laughs> i think that's fair yeah so um, so i would say that uh for me a uh, sort of team game is sort of like a social thing um where it's just you know chill with uh with a friend or two or three and uh play either play against an ai or against some other players online that's sort of my my style no i think that makes a lot of sense um do you find that your games go a certain way when you play team rank. Let's just, we'll keep it like to two V two or three V three max. Right. Cause I think at four V four, the game kind of really becomes different. Although I do have a tidbit of strategy that I want to discuss with you in a second. Do you find there's certain things that, that always happen when you're in these like team rank games in AOE? Um, well, that's a, that's a tough question. I find that, um, typically, I guess there are two kinds of players, I think, at least <laughs> in my experience that I've encountered online. When, when I'm when I'm playing against them, I, I, I'm talking opponents, human opponents. Uh, one type of player is uh, sort of the very aggressive, kind of gimmicky one where they like drop a castle uh, just outside your base and, and they put all their production buildings there and they're they're putting a ton of pressure on you early on and they're trying to kill you early. And then the other type of player is the guy who walls up and uh, and just booms and has no military. And if you break through the wall 
uh, like in the castle age, it's like basically <laughs> GG. Um, so they're basically just trying to get to the Imperial Age, mass up a uh, an optimal army comp, and uh, and then actually actually do the fighting in, in the post Imperial Age. So, um, and I actually find that interesting. The sort of the the, the dynamic or the different kinds of players. You never really know who you're going to come up against. So you just kind of have to be ready for anything. Um, I'm a sort of player who... Uh, I, I'm sort of a, a, a macro, like a, like a booming kind of guy. You're definitely a macro player, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm not... Like, I'm not big on walls. So so that's weird. So I, like, boom without walls, which is dangerous. Um, Do you find, though, like, when pe- you usually deal with, like, if people get into your base, you can deal with it? Like, you're pretty comfortable, like putting people in tcs and getting an army out then uh yeah generally speaking um <laughs> like i have military production buildings and like if if i see scouts are sort of harassing my villagers i'll i'll build some spearmen and like station them around my town so um it's not like i don't go military at all it's just i'm not sort of very aggressive i i, I play a little bit more passively where uh i kind of keep an eye on my opponent and see what they're up to and i kind of react to to what they're doing i think that makes a lot of sense like i only get aggressive if, if like i know my teammates also getting aggressive i think that kind of makes sense to like time it but yeah. um if if i just get thrown in randomly i'm usually always going to play like a pretty safe style that tries to get to like two tcs and and castle and tries not to die before i get a castle up, you know? yeah yeah <laughs> that's, ex- that's kind of the strategy exactly and like um, i i only fight in the feudal age if i have to feudal age units suck so you know you don't want to be doing much fighting with them but starting in the castle age like that's when i that's when i get aggressive uh and then i sort of in the meantime i'm continuing to to grow my economy and 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 trying to make it to the imperial age but i typically i start fighting in in the castle age already that's just how i do it I avoid feudal unless it's absolutely necessary. Like if I'm getting attacked, then I make feudal units, right? I think most people do as well, right? Like unless someone's doing like a scout rush um, or maybe just harassing with archers, you know, like it, it, it's kind of like you have to be committed to that strategy of like, I'm actually going to pick off villagers. Yeah. Um, okay. So with all this being said, uh, I think personally, like, uh, so I play some team rank today. Uh, with with actually some of some of the people in our Discord, which is pretty cool, um, and we're kind of talking a little bit about strategy. And usually, when you play kind of two v two, you'll have one calves, one one person play calvsive, one play, a person play an archersive. Kind of makes sense. Have some balance in that. Um, but what I find is most interesting, or like what a lot of people don't really talk about in two v two, and then this kind of actually expands more in three v three. Like it can kind of compound. I think one of the most central ideas in a team game is to pick fights where you and your ally are fighting against one of the opponents, right? I think you're always going to be advantageous where you do that. Um, And so players who are fighting kind of like, I I feel like sometimes in team matches, you'll either split kind of split the map and there's almost like two separate one V ones going on. Right. Or, you'll see that a player brings a couple units jumps in with the other player. And then all of a sudden they have a stronger composition. And obviously each of them are building usually to like singular units. So it like just have knights and art and uh, crossbowmen, right? If you have that co- unit composition, you're going to be someone that just has crossbowmen or just has skirmishers, right? 
Um, and so I find where people don't kind of underestimate a little bit when they're playing team ranked is to, to find ways and like call out like where your army is and then group your armies together and attack one area together. And I think that's a lot more effective than this constant kind of one V one struggle. Now, that being said, when you're on the defensive, there's not really much you can do. You're just defending. You can't really help people. Right. Um, but I find that one of the biggest mistakes you can make is not helping a teammate, like especially if you're all around the same rank, right? Not helping a teammate that's being attacked by two players um, because like objectively, like that is a, an, a good way to win team games is to have two of you attack one of them, destroy that base and then attack the, the second guy, you know, 2v1. Like it's basic military strategy kind of, um, especially like medieval times. Uh, so I find like you have to be very wary and and appreciate where the opponent's armies are so that you can bring your army to kind of make sure it's an even fight because even if you have less units just having some units uh can can kind of tip the balance if that makes sense yeah absolutely and that's that's 100 the strat if you can isolate a player and uh crush them you know if you're playing a 3v3 you crush one player now it's the 3v2 and and the you know, like you said, if if uh, if one player is not helping their ally who's who's in trouble, then that's just a, a losing strategy. The only time you don't help an ally that's in, the only time you wouldn't help an ally that's in, that's like struggling is if that ally is completely gone, right? So my argument would be, well, in, in, in let's just say we have the three v three scenario, and the one team, you know, two of them or three of them group up and destroy one ally, right? At that point, if the ally is trying to like rebuild like a TC, you might as well not help them. <laughs> That's my only counterpoint, I guess, yeah. uh, because no matter what, there's no way they're ba- getting back into the game, right? Like you're so far behind that there's really isn't anything you can do. Well, I mean, never, never say never, right? If you can find a, a quiet, isolated corner of the map where you can rebuild your town center, you know, it's 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 never but over. It's not over till it's that, over. That at that point, if you're in a three v two. The two people who are still alive should probably focus on getting rid of one of the opponents as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. To, to try to even the odds, and uh, if you're the player who got owned, your your job is to try to get back into the game as fast as possible and to to get back into the fight. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's definitely very interesting uh, when, when it comes to that. But I think I think a lot of people don't think of it in that strategy. I think a lot of people might look at team rank games and they'll think of them kind of exactly like isolated 1v1s, right? Um, but if you have a team that thinks of it as isolated 1v1s, you're always going to get absolutely destroyed by a team that at any point groups up, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. So I, I find that very fascinating. Um, I, the, probably the clearest example of this or the most ridiculous example of this is if you ever play, is it Black Forest? where there's just like two pathways or three pathways right to the opponents um and it almost forces you to team up but right away if there is if there's two opponents in one of these like areas on the map uh against one person it's going to be pretty clear who wins that war right that treb war that castle war yeah yeah for sure and i mean i think yeah you nailed you hit the nail on the head um in a team game, you're trying to stack fights to your advantage. You, you don't want a fair fight, ideally. You want, you know, you always want to outnumber the opponent. Um, 
all the black forest and and similar maps where there are a lot of choke points yeah yeah you know keep going keep going i think i know where you're gonna go with this one yeah no i think maps with a lot of choke points are a little more forgiving uh so if you're Mm. you know you're playing black forest and you're by yourself and no one's helping you and you're getting attacked by like two different armies for example two different players well you know you have a a little bit more um it's it's more forgiving you know you can sort of fall back you can build another uh, another set of walls you can build another castle like you know it's not it is a losing strategy in the long run but um you can definitely buy yourself time uh yeah and if if you're getting absolutely destroyed in the north like hopefully your team is absolutely destroying the south right yeah and then it's it's your job at that point is no longer to win this fight it's just to stall them out longer than than the other than the other opponents can stall them exactly out, if that makes exactly sense. stall them out and force them to continue committing resources and units on you instead of defending themselves and i think i think most players uh, at least in my experience maybe it's like a psychological thing like if if the, a player is attacking if you're attacking someone and then you hear that bell and you see like an army sort of attacking your base all of a sudden just like a sneak attack it's it's almost natural to like pull your army back and defend yourself it's very much like a like defense sort of comes first and i think that's like a psychological thing i don't know so yeah i don't i don't think in aoe it makes sense if your army's already at the opponent's base uh unless they've completely stalled you out somehow but like usually even a the the correct play in AOE a lot of times is to counterattack like yeah stall and counter even in one v one you know yeah I think you know even just like a few hussars uh, unleash a few hussars like into their into their farms that can really mess up an enemy player and and that can really cause a massive headache like I'm 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 talking from from experience here. Uh, a, a counterattack like that by like a quick, uh, fast-moving cavalry army that's targeting my economy, like that's just a, uh, and my whole army's on the other side of the map, like that's just a nightmare to deal with. Because now you uh, you know you have to build army at home, but your units are trickling <laughs> out like one by one, but you don't want to pull your army back home because it's it's attacking and it's doing well, so it's just it's it's a hassle and it's it puts you in a difficult I will situation. Say though- if you set up well and you have multiple production units, when you are being attacked in your base, you just leave your army to do what it's doing in the offensive base and you just rally to your own base. Like that is one of the kind of go-to moves, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, harass is still annoying. Like sometimes this game is about annoyance more than anything else. Um, it, it's tough. I think one of the toughest things in AOE is knowing whether you're about to lose or not. Um, because I think when you're slightly losing in AoE, it can be very frustrating. Uh, it, it actually kind of reminds people of chess. Like people, when people won't get people that get good at chess, they'll say like, you know, ten moves in, they already know they lost, but they're just gonna play for two hours and hope the opponent makes a mistake. Like that, that's kind of what happens at the highest level. So I think the better and better you get at AoE, like a similar thing kind of happens where, um a lot of times you might think it's over and, but you still kind of have to play as if it's, it's not over at all because there's a, there's an opportunity. There's a, there might be a place where they make a, like a really big mistake and sacrifice a lot of units and that can get you back into the game. Exactly. Like I said earlier, you know, it's not over till it's over. Um, it, you know, I think at the pro level, if you're they losing, like there's a, 
they're pretty good odds that your opponent is going to make a huge mistake. But like at our level, um, it's really, you know, if you're only sl- if, if you can annoy slightly, the person enough, <laughs> yeah, like if you're slightly behind. You know, typically, if you're creative enough, you can sort of do something that might swing the odds in your favor. I remember one game I was playing. Uh, it was a 2v2, I think, or 3v3. I don't remember. But mm-hmm. uh, all I remember is that uh, I had an army. I was assisting an ally attacking uh, attacking the enemy base. And then a bunch of uh, cavalry archers showed up and started picking off my villagers. And so I'm like, well, that's that's annoying because, you know, you can't catch them with pikemen. Um, but cavalry archers are a very micro-intensive unit. So I thought, okay, I'll build a couple of onagers and, and, uh, and basically, like, keep the guy distracted in his base with my army. And, and hopefully I can catch his cavalry archers off guard. And I managed to do that. I managed to get two awesome onager hits. Uh, on those cavalry archers, wiped out pretty much all the cav archers, and uh, and now suddenly the, the battle just swung in my favor, and all it took was an instant. And I find that actually mangonels and onagers are like the unit, the go-to unit if you need like well, a big swing not, in the game. There's not much more units in the game that are kind of area of, area of effect damage, right? Yeah. Like I think that's why they are, they are so powerful, and I think we can do a whole episode on it. But I think that that's a great point. Is that if you're really behind, having just one onager, you know, wreck a whole army? <laughs> like, yeah, that can it 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 can be very uh, devastating. Yeah, yeah, that can certainly be a, a game changer. And uh, I find a lot of new players avoid uh, avoid siege in in general. Um, but uh, I think uh, the mark of a good player is to sort of um, know which units to go for in a given situation, even. You know, I wasn't planning on going onagers, but, you know, I thought, uh, and, and I'm not like trying to claim that I'm like the best player ever or anything, but I think that, you know, you just have to, once you get to know the game and you get more comfortable in the game, knowing what options are available to you uh, to and how you can use them to sort of swing the game into your advantage, um, I think that's the mark of, of a player who, who understands the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that make, that's a great point. Uh, okay, I think we're actually going to end it here. Uh, we're going to leave some more for maybe whenever our potential future episode is. I think I'm sure we can talk about all these things uh, in more depth. But thank you for being on. And uh, we'll. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks so all much right. for having me. This is awesome. No worries. All right. Have a good one, everyone. And we'll see you whenever we see you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.